I do know what blind faith is. I used to just follow orders without question. And I did some pretty terrible things. I would never look beyond the plan. And then of course, when it all came crashing down, I found myself lost. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. And one day something changed, something amazing. I, I guess I found a family and I became a father. And in that, I rediscovered my faith. And I rediscovered who I am. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where we are flying through the end of season 15. Chris, not a lot of episodes left, my friend. 1515. 
15, 15. We have, uh, after this episode, we have five episodes left to kill God and his sister. Ooh. It's the current plot. That is disturbing. That I didn't, with. I knew we were close, but five? Five. Close? That's too close. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Five episodes left. Um, and presumably we're going to like murder some characters. Like I'm expecting them to bring like Jody back just to murder her at some point too. Right. Like, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring a guest episode or a guest character back for every episode of the season, I think it's time we start chopping some heads off. I, I wish we'd done it. Started with Kevin, to be honest with you. Episode one, kill that dude. He's a ghost. Bye. Love you guys. Love you guys. Mm. No, thank you. Uh, welcome I back, I can't folks. believe that. Okay. Uh, I want to thank all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, th- those people, that community continues to grow. Um, we have a lot of fun on the Discord, so please join. It's a lot of fun, and you get episodes early every week, almost every week. We're generally on time with that, I think. We, we've done Mostly on time, yeah, mostly on time. Mostly on time. They're usually early. We try to get them out every Monday. Sometimes it happens where we get them out Sometimes on it's just like 45 minutes early, but usually it's like three or four days early. It's usually several days early. Uh, sometimes it is not, though. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody, uh, that has done that. Um, and Chris, do you want to catch us up on season 15, my friend? Let us see. Last time on Supernatural, with his soul restored, Jack is left to reckon with the weight of all that he's done and all that he's been put through. But even if Dean hasn't completely forgiven what's happened, it's clear that he, Sam, and Castiel all see Jack as a member of their family as they move forward in their fight against Chuck. Meanwhile, a wood nymph has been sleeping dormant in the bunker, somehow giving the boys a chance to experience a year's worth of holidays before almost turning sour and being set free. Now, if we could just get Castiel back from heaven, things should be heading in the right direction. Man, that's Jeremy, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. It doesn't feel like we're heading in the right direction. It doesn't feel like we're heading in the right direction. Um, also, meanwhile, a, a wood nymph. That's not something meanwhile, that you ever... <laughs> I love to put a meanwhile in the middle. If it's, that's, it's one of the things that it was, I think, essential to a road so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I almost agree with you. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I uh we are covering season fifteen, episode fifteen, Gimme Shelter. Uh Matt Cohen directs Castiel and Jack work a case involving eight members of a local church. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean go off in search of Amara. Um, there's a lot to like about this episode. There's a lot to like uh there's a lot that I I kind of take umbrage with. And again, I'm going to repeat something that I've been repeating for what I feel like since season fifteen, episode one is like, do they remember the show is ending? Do they yeah do they know that that's a thing that's happening did um oh I didn't get the writer and the director of this episode for some reason that's really weird um, no, you said uh, what's his name Matt Cohen directed yeah. he said it does Davy Perez the writer does did he remember that we're only have five episodes after this left uh, of Super that is um that's a thing that I almost I mean we've come we've co- commented on it but with this episode it felt like it really really sunk in being so close to the end that season 15 has locked lacked any and all like gravitas i guess mm-hmm. like the first couple episodes felt like they were going to be huge um with that town overrun by ghosts escaping hell and all this stuff you know it was very intense for like a minute and that's how i kind of felt like all of season 15 was going to go but that isn't what they did and obviously they had you know covid in the middle which probably put a damper on some things um but it definitely felt like thus far feels like season 15 has been a little bit more focused on maybe celebrating the show that has come before it rather than trying to end the show itself. Um, Cause that forward momentum that we've been looking for that weight 
it, it isn't really there for the most part. Even when it's good, it just feels like any old episode of Supernatural, and it doesn't feel like a ticking clock towards the end, um, which is very strange. And I, and I say that knowing that there is some forward movement, um, but I think the thing that I am missing is just any sort of sense of urgency and, like you said, weight, uh, any sense of scale or risk at all. Um, mm-hmm. we, I mean, like Chuck is, is murdering universes in the background of all of this. Uh, we barely get to see that. We just have random characters. Every episode tell us that that happens. Um, it doesn't affect our universe at all, which I think is a huge bummer. Like I, I would really like if he's murdering the fabric of reality for weird shit to be going on in our universe, just as again, as a, just to give our boys a sense of urgency that we have to be doing this instead of solving the saw movie from 2004 which is what mm-hmm. this episode mm-hmm. is about in a big way um and i know this stuff with the mara like we we do make some progress and it's very like from a writing standpoint from a character standpoint it, it's really good but again i just it just lacks that stuff that i need which is like just look it's fifteen fifteen. like we should have be trying to kill god by now we should have five episodes it's, of killing god uh, it should be non-stop parties of killing god is what i'm saying it, it feels weird that previous seasons had a more uh, had more like urgency to them like the leviathan stuff like everything that they were throwing at the winchesters where it's like you lost your home you lose bobby you're on the fbi's most wanted list it's like all this crazy shit's going on and it wasn't very good but it was very urgent and and there was always something they were up against here in season 15 it feels weird that our heroes go home every night yeah um and there's no there's just huge gaps of time presumably where they're just living having normal lives which is i guess nice um but yeah the stakes feel really low even though they're up against god which is odd um and i wonder if in the next five episodes they will finally ratchet up that tension finally put their backs up against the wall where it's like okay no we don't know when the next time you're going to be home when you're going to be safe is um every episode thus far has involved dean cooking meat um because he's the meat man so um, Um, so yeah (laughs) it's just you know so let's we, we actually we saw the boys travel in this episode, which was interesting. The uh the first thing I want to ask you, Chris, before we get into the main part of the episode, is did you recognize who the pastor was in this episode? Um, he did look familiar, but I don't know from where. You may know him by his other name, Doctor Sexy. Oh, is that Doctor Sexy? Really? That is Doctor Sexy, apparently. Wow, <laughs> which I didn't pick I up on at like- all. Uh, Katie was like, did you pick up on who, who that person was? And like, I went to the IMDb page and I'm like scrolling furiously and he's got a credit for being Hank McCoy in X-Men two. And I'm like, beast isn't even in X-Men two. What are you talking about? I don't remember that guy. <laughs> like I was very confused until they, they finally said, yeah, yeah, that's Dr. Dr. Sexy. And I was like, Oh, well that's interesting. Wow. Um, 10 years later, 10 years later. Here we go. I, if we're going to bring him back, murder him. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, come on. we start out at a soup kitchen where some, um, are these supposed to be teens? I don't. I can't tell age I call anymore. Them teens. Okay. They're at least youths. They're youths. Uh, I, I called them teens because they all they're all they all dress and act like idiots, and I just assume that's our teenage. That's the teenage audience. <laughs> that's the that's the supernatural teenage stereotype is to dress and act like an idiot. Um, they see this person. unless you have a troubled past, and and then in that case you have a lot of emotional work to do. Yeah, or you're psychic and you're the, you're the son of the devil. Either true. way, we don't, true, 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 true. Um, that another reason I call them teens is because they see this woman and then they're instantly just like, well, she's a worse homeless person than all these other homeless people that we are serving. And I'm like, what, 
Like, cause I thought this was genuinely a soup kitchen. I thought this was a place where homeless mm-hmm. people would go to get food and shelter. And it turns out it's a faith based community center or something. Um, but I just, they're just really mean to this old woman and they're going to, they're going to say it like later, like, Oh, we have a, we have a cleanliness rule. And I'm like, but she doesn't look any more dirty than like, you got to make this chick look filthy. If you're going to make fun of an old yeah. homeless woman who yeah. wants a bowl you gotta of put soup. Fly, you got to put a fly effect around her. I, oh, a really insulting, mean fly buzzing effect. Absolutely. Around her. I want to, I want a cloud file. I want like the dirty blanket from Charlie Brown uh, following this poor woman around. You better make it hurt, man. You better make it hurt. If you're going to call this lady filthy. Um, but uh, this this guy Connor here, he gets you know kind of goaded by one of the other girls to go and kick this lady out. He's a little hesitant to do it, but then he, he you know he goes up to her. On his way over there, he gets stopped by the pastor by Doctor Sexy, mm-hmm. who says, "Hey, let's show a little bit of compassion. You know, let's be nice to everybody." Uh, and and then next we see Connor giving soup to this woman, which is nice. Uh, later on, Connor is walking home. When he hears some yelling from an alley, so he turns and walks down towards the yelling, which another reason I know this guy's a teenager is because he thinks he's immortal. <laughs> I would be like, oh, there's mm-hmm. some yelling over there. See you later. <laughs> gonna, yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna walk in the other direction. Um, then he hears yelling behind him, this time somebody yelling his name. Uh, he gets spooked. He trips and falls on the concrete. And he's tripped over a teddy bear and the teddy bear starts talking to him. And then from off screen, we see like this fucking animal handler tool with like a giant pole with like a lasso on the, on the end or a loop of rope on the end that just grabs him around the neck and then just fucking drags him off. Uh, This feels supernatural, Chris. This feels like there's there's a weird monster afoot. It feels like a, like a thing is happening. There's, and it's not, and it infuriates me. I'm gonna, it's not. I, I'm going to be it's so not. angry All of it's pointless. Yeah. Uh, we're on episode 15 of season 15. Um, all right, back at the bunker. Sam's got a potential case in Missouri, which is the one we just saw in the cold open. Uh, but Dean also has a case. Um, they're picking up some some power, outage, power outages in Atlanta. Um, he kind of has honed in on the fact that there was a huge winning in uh, Kino in that area recently. He knows that Amara loves Kino. So it's just like, that's put two and two together, I guess. That's enough. We're going there. I thought this exchange was really good because uh, Sam is like, I, you know, what do you mean Kino? He's like, what well, Chuck said that she, he, she, she loves Kino. And Sam says, I thought he was joking. And Steen responds, Chuck's not that funny. <laughs> I just thought that was really good. <laughs> He's not, he couldn't come up with that on his own. It's got to be a real thing. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sam, as, as is Sam's usual steez in season 15, he's like, nope, I don't want to. I think it's a bad idea. I don't want to do it. Uh, boo, humbug, whatever. Uh, if you want to know how much Sam does in this, I texted you saying, did Sam even stand up in this episode? And yes, he does stand up because he, he pumps gas for the Impala. Yeah. So good job, Sam. That's it. On being... That is that is the extent of Sam Winchester in this episode. I um, you know, I don't I don't engage a lot in rumors and speculation. And I think that the fandom being so close to the actors sometimes maybe oversteps their bounds a lot when telling stories about things that go on on set um, because it's at best third or fourth person. And those stories are always exaggerated either for or against somebody. Like there's always some sort of motivation for relaying those stories, whether it's just gleeful gossip or just plain meanness. Um, But I heard some, some, some rumors the other day uh, that said that uh, the actor Jared Padalecki was so bad to have on set that they just didn't want him to be around. Um, 
And that's the reason that like he's not in a lot of scenes with Castiel, and that's the reason they don't give him a lot to do. And I'm like, well, why do they like? I know he's the star, but like, if that's actually the case, just fire the guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. And, and Sam fans don't come after me or anything. I just I always when we when I think about that stuff and I read that stuff and I look at like what's happening to Sam now and I'm like he's because he's not being written off the show, but it's like functionally this dude is doing basically nothing. Like. He was mm-hmm. kind of going to be a witch apprentice at the beginning of the season. And then that's, but that just becomes perfunctory. Like, Hey Sam cast a spell to another universe. And he's like, okay, well, right away. I, I don't know, man. Like I just, I, I, I think about how much we liked Sam at the beginning of the show and then how just mm-hmm. fucking useless he is in season 15. Early, and early season. Sam used me. to be like my favorite fictional character, period. Um, certainly not anymore. I don't care. He doesn't do anything. They don't give him anything to do. When I rewatch the old seasons, I go, oh, yeah, I, I love this character. I love this guy. Um, but it's been a long, long time since he has mattered to the show in a way that I'm able to, t- t- to tell. And this is coming from somebody who, again, used to call him my favorite fictional character. <laughs> so I don't know. I just he's they, they lost him somewhere. And who knows why? But they lost him. Also, also just real quick before anybody adds me like. You just reach it on the internet. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying it's true. I don't know anything about Jared Paddle, like his personal life that like the internet at large doesn't know probably. Like I I'm not saying that dude's a bad person and can't stand to be around Misha Collins. I'm just saying I read that somewhere and I thought it was funny after watching this episode where he's barely in the episode. Um <laughs> yeah, so yeah. again, I'm not saying one way or the other. I just it it just I just man, like what the fuck happened? Like, do they just not know what to do with this dude as a character? Like I I don't know. Um, ultimately Dean convinces him to go to Atlantic city and Castiel shows up, uh, and Castiel wants to know why he can't go. Uh, and they're like, well, because you have to stay here and watch Jack in case Billy comes back for quest number three. Um, he's worried that Amara is maybe too much for them to handle. And Dean's like, no way. We used to have a thing. We're all good. Um, we head back to the study where Jack has found Sam's case and is like, Hey, we should go hunt this. And Sam's like, well, it may not be our thing. It could just be human. But eventually, like, Dean is like, oh, yeah, y'all should do this. This is much better than just sitting around. And you can tell, like, mm. Castiel is put upon by this idea a little bit. Uh, and I am, too, frankly, now that we know what's going to happen <laughs> throughout most of this. Uh, but eventually he agrees, and Jack is extremely excited, which is very cute. Yeah, it, it is very cute. I feel like they're being shooed away a little bit. Yes, um, absolutely. But, yeah, Jack's super excited, matching ties, you know, going to put on his suit and go, uh, go play FBI. Um, so, and that's exactly what they do. The next scene is them showing up at the crime scene where that kid Connor was killed. Um, and they're agents Swift and Lovato just, just, you know, stick with the theme. Jack's got the upside down FBI badge. Same old tricks. Mm-hmm. The sheriff calls him greener than baby Yoda because that was a thing. And that time was the, indeed a thing. That was uh, in, it's Grogu now, actually. Oh, par- pardon moi. You're greener than Gogu. <laughs> I can't even say the fucking word. I'm, no, that's just me correcting Supernatural, not correcting you. No, Don't no, worry. I feel like I felt corrected, Chris. I'm not going to. I mean, if you yeah, want to well, come it's, after me. It's Grogu. Um, actually, if you had seen season two, you'd know. Um, Did you see that the uh, creator of Boba Fett, like the character design and everything, was like super mad about the new Boba Fett series or whatever? Oh, goodness. Um, oh, goodness. And it's not because, like, they changed the iconic, like, jetpack design or whatever. They were like, he was like, no, no, no. I just would have never revealed that there was a person underneath. It just ruins the mystery. And I'm like, I mean. We all bef- knew. <laughs> before, it was it was barely even a character, dog. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, anyway. Star Wars people are fucking weird, Chris. Star Wars people. 
Um, anyway, so they, they, um, they get the deets on this kid. His fingers were chopped off and like shoved down his throat. Um, and then the word liar was carved into him. They start asking this lady about like stinky poo poo eggs or like flickering lights. And she's like, we're outside. I don't know if we have flickering lights out here. <laughs> also, um, we're next to a trash can. Of course, it still smells like stinky poo poo yeah. eggs. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what do you mean? Also, that is definitely a child and not an FBI agent. I'm just, I don't have the time to fix this. Yeah, when she mentions the talking bear, Jack pipes up and is like, I have one for my stepson, Ronald. <laughs> they were like, what can we do to make Jack as cute as possible with absolutely no reasoning behind it? I know that he was reckoning with the fact that he just regained his soul last episode, but now he's just a cute baby, right? Yeah, totally. Forward momentum, Supernatural. Two steps forward, one step back. Um, Castiel immediately, they see it, they see video of this and they see that like the guy is wearing a mask and they jump to the conclusion that this is a crossroads demon or a demon or a demon activity of some kind. Uh, so they go to the local crossroads and summon this demon uh, while Jack uh, takes a note from Sam and looks up Connor on social media. Uh, Castiel yeah. has a funny line here about, I did that once and there were just too many cats. Um, and then there's a cute moment where Jack needs parental uh, permission to join a social media site, which is very cute. There's a lot of like cute, fluffy stuff happening in this episode. The whole thing is is cute, fluffy Jack, which I'm I, I, I like. Yeah, I like cute, fluffy Jack stuff. Um, again, not right now though. We're too I, close to the end. And that's the kind of I, season fourteen. That's the whole crux of it. Is this is a good episode that is too close to the end? Yeah, to uh, be what it is. And even if we didn't know that this was the series finale. Like, if this was just, like, a normal Supernatural season or whatever, I'd be like, there's only, like, five episodes in the season. What are we doing with cute Fluffy right now? Like, that's that's an episode mm-hmm. eight maneuver, y'all. Like, I don't... What are you doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach the Demon shows up. He is uh, faking an English accent uh, and then very quickly drops the accent when he realizes that an angel is trying to solve people crimes. This is the second reference to Highway to Heaven we have in this episode, which is... I mean, it, it's a show that I grew up watching because my mom, like, watched it, but, like... Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly heard the name, but I didn't know what it was. I mean, I just, like, it's just hilarious that they would, like, not, not once but twice and do this. Uh, and I, I know it's only because it's an angel. Like, I get it, but, like, it's just a really weird reference to make. Uh, and he also points out that he's unable to do demon deals anymore because Rowena doesn't want him to uh, make deals. Yeah. This guy was, this guy was kind of fun. Um... Cass calls him a deviant soul condemned to hell when he's like, I'm a, I'm a crossroads demon who can't even make a deal. What am I? What am I? Castiel in his deadpan voice um, telling him he's a deviant soul condemned to hell. This guy stole the show from me. We, I, I guess spoilers, we see this guy again at the end of the episode for some reason. I did I don't not know, get this at all. Like when, the, when they, we eventually capture the murderer and like she put him in the cop car and the, the demon is driving her away, I'm like, excuse me? Are you just, what? Are we supposed yeah. to, is this a spinoff? Is it this Are we guy fi- just being like... <laughs> I, maybe it's just a joke because he offers to drive them around <laughs> I guess because at first I'm like oh wait what's is he building a demon art what's going on you know but no it's probably just this guy is so desperate to fucking do something that he's just driving fucking cop cars now um he insists that he doesn't have anything to do with these murders um so uh they say that uh, Jack says well we should just go back to the bunker and not do anything and Castiel says no Let's let's stay here. We can help this uh, these people. Yeah, I've been listening to some of Sam's true crime podcasts, and you know what? I think we can do this. I think it's the boyfriend. Says says Castiel. I think it's the boyfriend. 
I think it's his boyfriend. And Jack's like, I don't think Connor had a boyfriend, but let's look into him anyway. <laughs> let's let's go after it. Um, it says single right here on his Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> single and and what does single but open mean, Castiel? Can you explain? And he's got an upside down pineapple next to his name. Do you know anything about that? Is that a thing? <laughs> single but open. Be like, what do you mean? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Does a single already mean open? I don't understand. Uh, maybe I should put a pineapple by my name, says Jack. And Castiel rushes over. No, 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 don't do it. No. Uh, we go back to the community center where Valerie is closing up um, and as she is turning off the lights, there's a donation box next to the door, which is a terrible place to put a donation box, by the way, especially unlocked. Uh, and she decides mm-hmm. to take a little cash from it. And then yeah. on yeah, her... What's a couple 20s off the top? You know what I mean? On her way out, she hears somebody calling her name and the same mask pops up uh, and presumably steals her away. Um, yeah. Ca- Cassio calls Sam and Dean. Uh, Dean just is is very bossy in this episode. He's like, "What I would do is get Jack to sign up for the for the cult, or and you go in as the FBI." It's like we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of screen time for Dean, so he needs to talk fast, or we're just gonna make him bossy in this episode. Yeah, it's really it's really strange. Uh, and Castiel like starts to ask about Amara and what they're doing, and Dean's just like, "Yeah, don't worry about it," and then hangs up on the guy. Like it's really weird behavior. Um, I don't like it. I just want to say that out loud. I guess it's like because they wanted to have like the anger conversations. They're like, we just need to make him mad again this episode. <laughs> uh, we get a very brief. I feel like convers- he's been doing okay recently. Yeah, I mean, I thought he's been doing all, all been, things considered. He's I feel like he's focused. been doing okay. I was, uh, you know, he hasn't been drinking a lot. Uh, and then in this episode, like towards the end, we just see him come up in a bathrobe and just take a shot of whiskey out of the bottle. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're. You're not okay. You're, you've never been yeah, well. Like you were, you were yeah. just pretending to be an okay. Can't guy. really track the progression of a character anymore. We're just 15 years into it now. Um, Sam, once again, just his old, the only role in this is to second guess Dean. Uh, so he does so. He's like, you know, I just, what about, you know, I just feel like we're, it's bad if we have to set up a mar for his own death, for our own death. And Dean's like, yeah, I mean, there, there was always going to be a catch and like, but at least we don't have to do the work. Like at least we're just pointing yeah, Jack at yeah. her. Like, our, our, you know, like we got to do it. Like, otherwise it's the world. Like it, Dean is so blase about like, we have to save the world that all of Sam's like uh, doubts and, and fears just seem so trivial in the face of it, I guess. And that's, and it kind of trivializes the entire um, situation that they're in mm-hmm. for me. Um, just being like, yeah, whatever, we're just going to do it. Who cares? And let's get this over with and be done with it. Um, it doesn't feel as, uh, emotionally charged as some of the previous events that they've gone through. And I guess in a way it's not, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so confused by everything that's happening. And again, like, I, I think I've said it for the last three episodes now, uh, but it, you know, I am trying to take the end of the show seriously. And sometimes I feel like the writers are just taking this as an opportunity to either audition for other writing jobs or to just have some fun with the characters that they've never been able to do before. Um, and I'm, and you know, all of this stuff with Jack is, is great. Uh, there's some really good Dina Mar moments that we'll get to. I, I, all of that stuff is, is really, really great. And I'm not saying that any of it is bad and that I don't enjoy it, but I just, I just, I'm like, why, why are we doing all of this? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's cute. Time when, and place. And does, yeah, it's cute when Jack walks into the community center and, you know, he's going to sign up and he asks the girl, you know, that hands him the the tablet to sign up. Like, you know, where's the Kool-Aid? Like, that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. That's a funny joke. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. They do again. They do a lot of great stuff with these characters. Dean, Castiel and Jack all get to have a little bit of something. Um, and it's good. And it, it's good. It, it, what is there is good. I just, again, repeating myself. I want more. Um, but OK, yeah. So Jack gets to the community center. The, the plan is. 
we're going to have him be the inside man. Dean suggested, hey, don't just both of you go up there flashing your badges. You're only going to get so far with that. Um, so Jack's the inside man. He signs up at the community center to join their, not their church, um, but their um, faith-based their, their community faith center. group. Their faith-based community. Um, and yeah, so he starts, uh, he has to sign up. He asks this, the, the girl with the sign-up sheet, um, hey, did you know Connor? Were you guys close? This immediately upsets her. Um, so now we know, okay, there's something there. There's a thread to be pulled. Sam Winchester would be all up on that. Oh, dude. With those puppy dog eyes. Season two, Sam Winchester. Bothering a be, grieving woman. He would already be changing his uh, Facebook status to single but taken. <laughs> it's, he, would be, he would be changing it to it's complicated. <laughs> I met a girl who's, whose boyfriend was just killed. It's complicated. It's complicated, but open. That's what people don't understand about Supernatural. That's the bread and butter of it. It's taking advantage of depressed <laughs> people. <laughs> Of grieving, grieving wives and widows. Grieving That's widows part of the Winchester children. spice. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, during this, uh, Cassio walks in and walks over to the pastor, Doctor Sexy. Um, and the pastor is having like this moment of communion with uh, another member of the quote unquote church. Uh, so Cassio kind of waits out that. I feel like they they do a good enough job, at least in my mind, of setting this guy up to seem like he's definitely going to be the baddie. Yep. Oh, as soon as I saw um, him, as soon as he stopped Connor, and he, the dude's got like tattoos on his arms. You can see some tattoos under his shirt, like on his chest. And like, you're like, well, tattoos mean evil, obviously. Yeah. Like that's obvious. That's I've never known it not to. I mean, you've got, <laughs> you've got short dyed hair and tattoos. You are fucking Satan yep. to me. I'm sorry. When I went to get my first tattoo, you know, the guy doing the, you know, this, this like older biker guy giving me my tattoo. And I said, you know, tattoos mean evil, right? <laughs> Uh, which was great it went over really well i was very popular there when the band live was popular uh live had that like lightning crashes song um for a while uh that was popular for whatever reason my school like the rumors going around my school that they were like a satanic band even though they were just like always inoffensive like kind of alt rock stuff uh and one of the one of the proofs that they were like a satanic band is that live spelled backwards was evil (laughs) (laughs) oh kids man kids what are they on what are they on um castiel starts chatting up the pastor uh he tells the man about valerie um and then we go over to valerie who is tied into a chair and this is when i realized oh we're doing a saw thing and i yeah we're doing a whole saw i fucking hate it she wakes up in a room the word uh, thief, I think, or I think it's thief, is written in blood on the wall or red paint, probably. Yeah. Um, oh, it's greed. Greed, greed. is on the wall. Yeah, and I think, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one of the sins. I couldn't remember which sin it was. Because, um, well, the first one had liar <laughs> carved into it. Yeah, which so is, you know. That's one of the seven deadly sins is liar. Liar is definitely one of <laughs> It's liar, greed. You got li- lust, greed. Uh, cell phone um, loud in public. <laughs> liar. Yep. Sounds on on your cell phone. All the what when you text. Um, uh, replying is, to somebody's very... replies without untagging them on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. What this season has done, um, two episodes in a row, has presented us with a an idea, a familiar idea, and then not really done anything with it. Yeah. So last episode we encountered two vampires who seemed like they were very much just chilling. Um, and then they never address it. The fact that Sam and Ian, they come in and they kill them. And that's that we, you know, there was, there was nothing else to be said there. It was just kind of set up as like a, as a punchline. Um, here, I, 
not like they've never done this even with Jack before, but to explore, you know, what makes a monster a monster, what makes a person good or evil or whatever. Um, cause we, we're dealing with a human, we're dealing with the human here, but they don't really dwell on that too much. They just kind of move forward. There's one, there's one time. And I think it happens when they meet the demon, uh, where I think Jack says, you know, this doesn't seem like a monster thing. And, and Cassiel responds with, uh, well, you know, you may be right, but sometimes humans are the, are the biggest monsters of them all. And I'm like, well, way to sum up yeah, like season yeah. one through five, I guess. Like I, yeah. um, but then this whole setup, like this, this contraption that like with screws and like some wires to chop off the woman's fingers one by one, the video screen that starts counting down from three hours after the first finger is chopped off. And we're going to learn it's just like a tiny little teenage girl that's doing all of this. Mm-hmm. And I, it does not make any sense. It doesn't make any sense why she's doing it. It doesn't make any sense how she's doing it. Like we saw her like pull Connor down an alleyway. And then I guess he, she, like plant a talking bear or something like what the fuck is any what what is this like it makes no fucking sense and it doesn't it's very confusing and i feel like a lot of people would watch this and go oh it doesn't matter like it doesn't it, it's not it's not a main part of the story it's just an excuse to get castiel and jack either talking about x or to get them together or to so they can go on a case but it still is in the show and it still sucks ass like it's just yeah it takes up time and i feel like i wish they had I wish the writer. Man, I'm coming off really negative this episode, and I'm not meaning to. Um, yeah, I, again, I think we both liked the episode, yeah. but the, the negativity's coming out. Um, I just feel like the, I wish the writers were brave enough to uh, just not have the monster, like just take Jack yeah. on a road trip it's, somewhere. I don't know. It's such a, a a tried and true like formula that they use, and they hardly ever deviate from that formula. Um, and I wish that they would sometimes, because whenever they do, it's almost always great. Um. And it just it feels like sticking to the formula this late in the game is not what we need. No, not at all. Especially when the formula doesn't matter. Like like you said, like with the vampires, there was no there was no subtlety to that. There was no um twist or underlining or there was no point to it. It was just, oh, we'll kill the vampires. And just just like this, like, oh, here's a reference to a movie that came out sixteen years ago. <laughs> Like, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Like, can't wait to see episode 16 where y'all do The Purge for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, timer comes on the screen, starts counting down from three hours. Chick only has four fingers on that hand left. Um, we go back to Jack, who is talking to the teenagers. And again, when he talks to Sylvia about Connor, we don't learn Sylvia's name until way later in this episode. I was really annoyed by that, by the way. Yeah, I kept waiting to add that to my notes. I'm like, was I not paying attention or did they just not said it yet? <laughs> um, Sylvia runs away. So Jack follows over and uh, sits down and they kind of have this bonding moment where the girl says, you know, her and Connor used to date kind of. They were really young and they would watch a bunch of movies together. And he was always there for her. Jack mentions that he lost his mother, obviously referring to Mary, which I think is uh I don't know that he's specifically called her that in the past. I may have I may have missed it, but like it still feels like him accepting his role in the Winchester family now that his soul is there, mm-hmm. which is I think a big moment. People might get mad at you if you forget about Kelly Klein, Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> I erased Kelly Klein, didn't I, Chris? <laughs> we got a we got another Milligan situation not, on our hands, Jeremy. Not for the first time have I erased somebody's mother on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> it's something that we do here. Oh, well. I guess just call me Ted. And this is how I met everybody's mother again. Um, he's definitely talking about Kelly Klein. He's not talking about Mary Winchester at all. I don't know. We could either or. Damn. 
just completely forgot about Kelly Klein, and I really, really like Kelly Klein. <laughs> this is what we're. This is the. This is mom erasure. This is I'm mom sick and erasure. tired of it. This is the mom erasure episode. Sick and tired of it. Um, I thought you were a Mary Stan. I am. I've been, I've been, ca- I've been saying in the DMs, Jeremy's a Jeremy's a, uh, a Mary Stan. Smiley face. Yeah. Smiley. I I sent a smiley face. When I should have been sending a thinking face, because I, I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're up I to. I am obviously such a Mary Winchester stan that I just assume she's the mother of everybody in the show now. <laughs> true, 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 like, true, true, true. I am replacing true, true, true. other moms in the show with Mary Winchester. That's how much I like Mary Winchester. Oh. Okay. You know, so, you know well, what the episode that I, I want? I want just 10 Mary Winchesters on the screen. I want a multiverse of Mary Winchesters. Mm. How about that? That's what I want. Loyal to a fault, some would say. <laughs> Maybe to a that's, fault. When, when you fill out a when you fill out uh, an application, you're going for an interview, and they ask, "What's your weakness?" and you say, "I'm loyal to a fault." Loyal to a fault. Check my Ao3 account. Mary Winchester is everyone's mom. When I got my driver's license recently, they asked me if I was an organ donor, and I said, "Yeah, to Mary Winchester, to no other people. <laughs> Only Mary Winchester <laughs> can get these li- get these kidneys." I'm sorry. You're like, is that an innuendo? Or? No, like, no, no, sir. Literally, I, I know she's a fictional character, and I happen to know because people on the internet are weird that we're not even a good match but i still want her to have them <laughs> they're all for her save them okay save them i don't care if she never comes to collect them i don't care if they go bad in the back of the freezer or wherever you keep organs you save them samantha Fa- okay? samantha ferris if you uh is that her name samantha ferris if you need if you never need a kidney you can call me as long as you pretend you're mary winchester on the phone and ask for the kidney first yeah 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 <laughs> I think that's a wow. big loyal, ass. Yeah, loyal, loyal to a fault. Loyal, loyal to, but, but you know, to a fault. <laughs> uh, Jack mentions that he lost his mother, Kelly Klein. Uh, Sylvia mentions that she lost her mother too. He says her first and last name. Uh, <laughs> yes, I also lost my mother, Kelly Klein. Like a normal human. Klein, says. Cl- Kelly Klein. Did you know her? She was the secretary to the president. Yeah, you might. You might. I mean, she was actually kind of a big deal in the, in this world. It's weird that nobody talks about that aspect of her life at all. <laughs> Yeah, the only people that cared that when she went missing were her parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, Secret and Service not the was US fine government. With it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was one on one with the with the president. She was sleeping with them. In fact, the Secret Service knew they do. You know, um, let's not get into it. Uh, her dad is Father Joe, which I think is the first time we've learned the pastor's name. Um, yeah, Jack, another Joe. What do you know? Well, the fourth one, it seems like. Uh, Jack says he has a lot of dads. Uh, and is worried about disappointing all of them. I think he says, I have more dads than most, which is very cute. Um, We go into, I guess, the pastor's, like, office where uh, Castiel is there kind of interviewing him, and the pastor says, like, I guess we could be targeted. It doesn't seem like a coincidence. Uh, He talks about how the church is not a church, but a faith-based community. Um, He mentions a dude that... Uh, left the community because he wanted to worship elsewhere. He was really good at AV stuff. Obviously, a huge red herring. Um, yeah. The daughter Sylvia pops in, and the pastor just like shuts her down, like not now, go away, immediately leave. Um, yeah. And what I guess you know at the time you go, oh, that's bad. That's a bad sign. In in hindsight, it's like okay, she's the fanatic. I mean, she even just said to Jack, "Don't put your faith in humans. Put your faith in God." Yeah. And in a way, Pastor Joe is kind of the reverse of that. He's like, put your faith in god in like through humans you know what i mean like believe in each other take care of each other and that's how you find god that's you know that's how i'm interpreting this um so it's just like an opposite philosophy to what his apparently murderous daughter has (laughs) uh we do learn a little bit about the history uh the pastor says that it this was originally his wife's church and back in the day they were like really hardcore um and when she passed like he kind of opened up this community to all faiths and all backgrounds and this is where we learn that Connor was a gay man who believes in God. Um, and like Supernatural, just please stop 
doing this. <laughs> you don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody in the writer's room thought that this was representation or something like retroactively making the first character of the show. You, you, you murdered on this episode, a, a homosexual isn't, isn't good. And he was murdered for being a liar. Yeah. Which, what did he lie about? What did he lie about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Did she, oh, did she oh, murder she him murdered for him being she thought gay? They were, they were, yeah, she did. Because she thought they were dating so that's, back in the day. So she did a hate crime? She, she, is that the representation so that Supernatural is trying to give us? They're doing a hate crime, Chris. The, this, the monster Perfect. of the week is a hate crime. A literal Good. fucking hate great. crime. Excellent. Super season cool. 15. Super cool season 15. This is great stuff. This is, this is the stuff uh, that I excellent. wanted from the show. Excellent. I'm, uh, okay, so she's saying I murdered my friend Connor. Because I thought he was my boyfriend, but he was gay. So that's very cool. Very cool of her. Two episodes ago, the cosmic figure of death told Dean Winchester that he's the messenger of God's destruction. And now Mm -hmm. we're murdering a gay guy for watching movies with a woman. For being gay. For being gay. And quote unquote lying about it. Horrifying. Thanks, Supernatural. Horrifying. What what, What messages are we... I thought we were supposed to save the fucking world. I thought... I thought we were saving people hunting things. That's what I was signed up for. That was the this business my feels... family signed up for. Yeah. And they just dismiss it too. It's not even this like is not mentioned it at all. Yeah, this is such a this is such a throwaway line in the episode. If it was what the episode was about, it might be a touchy subject, but if they handled it correctly, that's great. Absolutely. They're talking about something. Get into but they're not. Get into this character. <laughs> it's just a throwaway hate crime. Yeah, get into Sylvia's like mentality and like why she did this and like yeah. maybe the No, dad I'm glad is, like, that we were able to find a reason to be mad because it seems like we were anyway. I mean, we, were, we we came into this with some negative energy, and then we found something to latch on to. <laughs> we'll find it. We, whatever the threat is, we will find it. Uh, man, horrifying, Chris. I didn't I didn't put that together until horrifying. we started. Wow, supernatural. <laughs> Sam and Dean stop at a gas station to fill up. Uh, they are four hours away. Sam, we get to see Sam stand up for the first time. Sam stands up, and they're standing out. It's snowing a lot. Uh, it's a weird B plot that's happening underneath all of these, uh, all of this episode. Yeah, it's just a storm. I'm like, was it just snowing in Vancouver, or like? Um, Dean says they're four hours away from Atlantic City, and Sam points out, nope, they are six hours away uh, because the <laughs> snowstorm is causing traffic. And they turn around, and Amara is there. Is this is this Amara's doing? Is she kind of like? Bringing... manipulating things to keep them there or... maybe so yeah maybe so because she says or like, is this i i i'm let's maybe hope for the benefit of the doubt here that a lot of these little things that they're mentioning will become a thing next episode absolutely not 100 percent. i'm yeah. not even i held it's almost hope. like there's no planning between episodes you know how I, there is no threat <laughs> you know how i just forgot about kelly klein's entire existence and called jack's yeah. mom mary winchester i am that that is the representation of the supernatural writers episode to sometimes episode. it feels it feels like people the you know the supernatural show it approached each episode the way that we pr- approach each episode of monster of the week yeah you know it's just sort of like we don't know what's gonna happen with a, we with a we, complete we do have notes. lack we of do professionalism and they kind yeah. of worried that we're providing any sort of service for anybody um amara yeah. shows up she says she smelled them from two states over she tells dean that he has a very distinct musk which he says thank you and that's not it's not a thank you comment, Dean. Just want you to know that. Wash your balls, Dean. Uh, she also, you know, Castiel's mysterious angel friends uh, have been trying to track her down. So you could feel that. So she knew that they were looking for her. Um, yeah. Again, I point out Castiel should not have any angel friends at this point in the story. Like he, nobody in heaven likes that dude. And also, yeah, I imagine there's that, like, like five of them. <laughs> yeah. Who's operating the radio? Is it, It's like the radio in Silent Hill. Whenever you get next to a, an enemy, it just sort of hisses. Yeah. I imagine that's what angel radio does. It, it just hisses <laughs> when it gets near stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
so she wants to meet, uh, she wants to talk, but before she does that, she wants to eat lunch and she's never had a Pennsylvania pierogi uh, and she's into new human experiences. So she's going to go treat him to some dinner. Okay. Thanks. I didn't even know what that was until this episode. A pierogi? Pierogies are good. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard the word before. Well, you should go to Pennsylvania, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Driven through it. Never stopped. Uh, we go back to Valerie, whose countdown reaches zero again, and another finger is cut off. <laughs> Bummer. This, and again, this is a teenage girl who is punishing this woman for uh, stealing like $40, uh, and yeah. then has set up all of this complicated scenario. But like, if you're going to set up a timer for three hours, like the, the tr- thing to the timer is that like you, and, 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 it, and, it, and it, I don't know if you noticed this, in the other hand, Valerie is holding like a, a spike of some kind or like a screwdriver of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I guess the assumption mm-hmm. is that like, oh, if you don't want to experience the pain, you could just kill yourself. Never mentioned. Never, never bothered to. They don't address they it. They don't talk about it. Doesn't matter because this is such a fucking throwaway thing. They could barely, the prop department had more to do with this than any of the writers, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just random shit. It's just random shit. It would be funny if the prop department is, is dictating all of the story stuff. Just, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. You want her to be chained up? We'll go crazy. Um, but the next scene we, we get is um, Castiel showing back up to the, the community center um, where they are kind of all having a gathering, um, inviting Jack in as, as the new member, talking about how, you know, they accept all faiths and they're just here to sort of like, you know, share this experience. And they invite Jack to kind of open up and, and share his journey he kind of chokes on the mic a little bit. So that's when Castiel steps in um, and, you know, he, he starts talking about his journey. He's talking about how I know what blind faith is. I used to just follow orders without question, did bad things because of it. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll keep reading the quote. I would never look beyond the plan, Castiel says. And then, of course, when it all came crashing down, I found myself lost. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. And then one day something changed, something amazing. I guess I found a family and I became a father. And in that, I rediscovered my faith. I rediscovered who I am, which is actually very nice. This is, this is where we actually start to get into the, the good character work. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Castiel refound his faith through Jack. Um, when Jack lost his soul and all this, the very stuff happened, that's when, that's when Castiel's faith was put to the test. And I feel like that's also why he is the best example uh, of I guess fatherhood, right? You want to believe that a parent would always believe in their child, um, and and Castiel put all his faith in in Jack, um, and it is a really unexpected turn for Castiel's character to think of the angel who followed orders, who was swayed to team free will, um, who then just kind of he did flounder for many years trying to find his purpose through the ups and downs, then to find his faith again through fatherhood is not something I would ever have expected for this character, but it works. It really does work. Um, this is, this is the reason that I like, uh, a lot of this, uh, I like this episode is because of the character work they do. Um, this being mm-hmm. a big part of it, this speech I think is, is really, really great. Um, I feel like in the past Castiel's kind of had some trouble admitting that he was a father to Jack and to have it just kind of plainly stated. Like when he says I became a father, he looks specifically at Jack. Everybody else in this circle is like, do you guys know each other? <laughs> what do you, why are you looking at that guy like that? Like this is a really weird thing. I thought thing you guys about. were partners. Yeah. Do you got, no, they don't like Jack just wandered in. He's just a guy. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like everybody else is like watching both of them tear up, go like, do you guys need a minute? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, but when he when he talks about this stuff and like I, I it really does throw into relief like the journey that Castell has gone on, including like 
I have to lead he- heaven. I have to be God. And I, I, I made the mistake of, you know, letting the Leviathans loose in the world and all of these things that have happened over the last like 11 years that Castiel has been a part of team free will is, is has led to this moment. Um, and again, like I, I think back to the moment that he touched Kelly Klein and baby Jack, like showed him a vision of uh, this perfect world. Uh, and that's the thing that, Castiel is holding on to throughout all of this. That was the thing that he continually held on to in the face of Dean's doubt, in the face of uh, Dean's rejection and anger. He still held on to that that hope and that faith. Even though he was lost, he was desperately looking for it. Like he was holding on to it as hard as he could. And I just I think it's a really powerful thing for him to just just look at Jack and say, like, the moment I became a father, I rediscovered my faith. I rediscovered yeah, who I it's am, nice. my purpose. It's nice the way that they have really solidified the familial bond. Um, and obviously that's because we're, we're about to get a plot twist with Jack. So they, they got to really make sure they've, they've tightened those bonds so yes. that when they break, they hurt a little bit more. Uh, a little bit later after this, uh, Jack is serving food when Pastor Joe comes over and he kind of questions Pastor Joe about being able to accept all kind of kinds and creeds into one central place of faith and service. Uh, and Pastor Joe makes this specific thing of like, everybody is a finger on God's hand. And I'm like, okay, so it's definitely this dude, right? Like he's the only guy that <laughs> makes sense. That would, I don't know why he's doing it, but it's definitely this dude. He's the jigsaw in this, in this whole thing. Um, and, he, and he's not. <laughs> really nope. annoying. Nope. Uh, they played us. They totally played us. On the TV, uh, we have this report of a snowstorm of a, that was hitting that's absolutely creaming everybody in the Northeast. Uh, and then it gets uh, switched to, you know, you just you just throw around these comments about being creamed. Yeah. If you'd ever been majorly creamed, yeah, you would know. Okay, I, I, what it's I'm like sorry, to be soaking I, in cream. Did you not hear the capital letter when I said just getting creamed? <laughs> you need to put a lot of emphasis you don't on just, it. You don't just use cream like that. Okay, you want me to say right? I mean, it's hold, a serious thing okay, to be me, creamed. Look, I'm going to drop an edit point. I'll take it back. Hold on, let me say, let me say this again. <laughs> Make sure that they know you capitalized it, okay? <laughs> On the TV, we see this news, <laughs> this news report of the Northeast getting absolutely creamed. Is that, Thank you. Is that better? Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's all I, was, was that so hard? I've been creamed before. I got creamed one time in Colorado. Damn, you got you got creamed in Colorado. <laughs> I feel like bro. I got creamed in Colorado one time. I woke up, couldn't open the door. You know how you know how it goes once you get creamed. <laughs> Damn, Dean Winchester has been creamed in Colorado, but you, Jeremy, I've been there, dude. I've been there. I know what's up. Damn, bro. <laughs> Save it for the outtakes. We're man. gonna have to put all of this after the credits, after the end song of a podcast. This does not belong <laughs> in the main part of the podcast. Uh. The TV switches to a live feed of uh, Valerie. Of Jeremy getting creamed in Colorado. Me getting creamed by the pipe that... Turn this off! This is a church! That Chris described last episode. Um, To a live feed of Valerie, uh, whose second Mm. countdown is kind of down, and she gets another finger cut off. Uh, Jack rushes over and tries to unplug stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be supernatural. They're going to unplug... Nope, doesn't happen. It's just a weird little computer gizmo. It looks like a fucking Raspberry Pi. That's hooked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows how that got there. Nobody knows anything about this. Um, He's like, "Is this an HDMI splitter? What? What, what is this? <laughs> are you trying to? What is? <laughs> are you trying to break HTCP off your PS3 so you can capture it to Twitch? Is this what this is? Is that what you're doing, Pastor Joe? <laughs> is that what you're doing, Pastor Joe? He's like, "What the fuck? What did you are you saying? Part of my language. What the <laughs> fuck did you just? What say? are you talking about? Why are you here? I don't understand. <laughs> You've been here and, for a but day. But Cass is like, "I know who did this. It was Brother." 
Job or whatever his name is. Brother Rudy. Yeah. Uh, brother Rudy. It's really weird that, that people just him. get elevated to the to the status of brother in this non-church based faith community, yeah. faith based community. Yeah. Well, he's, so. yeah. I don't know. He had a monk haircut, like the stereotypical like medieval monk do. Yeah. Um. So, so they just called him, you know, Brother Rudy. We call everybody brother in this because uh, we founded it mostly on uh, Hulk Hogan's teachings. That's why we... <laughs> and that's, I think that that is apparent the further you get in. Yeah, the more racist um, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Cass says he knows who did this. Uh, um, we go back to the wrong, restaurant uh, where uh, Amara is eating her pierogies and Sam and Dean are sitting at the table across from her. Uh, they explain that they are out to kill Chuck. Uh, she's not really concerned about him, about Chuck killing universes, and doesn't really believe that there's anything she can do about it, uh, or they could do about it. And that's when Dean reveals that they have a Nephilim, and uh, they are working on a way to kill her, to excuse me, to kill Chuck. Um, and she just is like, absolutely not. And he's like, why? Like, I get it. He's your brother. And she stops him. And I, I really, really like this because I wish, I wish this happened more in the supernatural universe. Uh, Amara says, Dean, you don't actually get anything. Like. You're sitting at this table and you're viewing me as a woman and you may see Chuck as like this squirrely little weirdos, but we, we are primitive forces of the universe. We're representations of the mm-hmm. light and dark. And when we split apart, the entire universe was created. That was the, and Sam chimes in because you know, you have to give him one line per episode. The big bang. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lore guy. We appreciate Thanks, that. Sam. Thank um, you. But the actual, like, they, they created he, all Sam that. calls science lore, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Sam just follows Neil deGrasse Tyson on, on Twitter and is like, yeah, you're right. Santa Claus wouldn't be able to physically do that, Neil. I agree. Uh, like and retweet. Just like like and retweet every... He probably has like that uh, notifications. Every time Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets, he gets a, a text and an email at the same time to his phone. He doesn't want to miss an, an NGT mm-hmm. tweet to save mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like he's waiting for the PS5 drop or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I like this a whole lot because like this is true. Even though like she, they treat these cosmic beings as kind of like just, you know, idle personalities they're not and even though she's like yeah they 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 treat them as as weird powerful characters Mm -hmm. and not as these cosmic beings and and like you said i really like that she lays that down of course we know that they are forces beyond human reckoning um but i like that she's like you know i know we're like eating in a diner right now but i want to i want to remind you that we are beyond your comprehension. Yeah. And that is why I have creamed half the country for you. I just want you to remember yeah. that I am the one doing the creaming. It's getting, yeah, yeah. You thought cream getting creamed in Colorado was bad. Well, wow. just you wait. Amara looks over and she does the she does a thing and she's like, I am the one who creams and <laughs> Tina's like, Are you doing a breaking bad impression right now, Amara? Are you doing a th- yeah, is this a thing? Is this like a human experience for you? And she's like, I just really like that guy. I'm really rooted for Walt. Just really really rooted for Walt. Watching it. On my iPad, <laughs> I like a I like an antihero, you know. God, what if Amara hated the wife? Ugh, I can't. Uh, <laughs> anyway, classic Amara. Um, yeah. But anyway, she's like, yo, listen, Chuck and I are essentially twins. Yes, when we broke apart, and Dean tries to be like, oh, when he threw you into the abyss or whatever. Um, she's like, yeah, it does not matter, you know. Um, uh, it it would be agony to betray him. It was agony when he betrayed me. And it would be agony to betray him. And she believes um, that I'm it was it was agonizing to him to do that. Like she believes yeah. him when he says that, uh, and does not want to repeat that experience onto him or to herself. Um, and then we cut back over to Castiel and Jack, who arrive at Brother Rudy's house. Uh, burst open the door. It's an absolutely filthy room. This place needs a needs a bath. Like you read about. 
in we find we very quickly find the body of Brother Rudy, who's been dead for a long time, with the word mm. "lust" written over his uh, bed. We don't know why. We never find out why. Like was he, was he horny? Was he filming? Was he just too horny? Was he reading Ao3 fanfic? He was just too horny. He was just a little he too, horny? too horny. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't we don't it, it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> because we we're just we're racing through this episode. For all we point. know, this could be another goddamn hate crime. This could have been Connor's boyfriend for all we fucking know. I, we I mean we don't know. Uh. Sam and Dean, meanwhile, oh God, Chris, that's a horrifying idea. Let's let's just move on. Let's not yeah, let's not spend any time on, <laughs> on possibilities. Uh, Sam and Dean are in the Apollo when Dean decides that he's going to go back in and talk to Amar alone. Just further proving, I think this was the scene that really did it. This is when I texted you of like they just really have no idea what to do with Sam. Like Sam is literally sitting in the car while Dean makes like a major cosmic entity convinces her to be on their team like sam's not even a part of the yeah. fucking conversation he was like no, no, sam no. doesn't go like um yeah I'll like let me come to and he's just like no i'll just i'll keep the car running dean doesn't say that it was sam reading neil degrasse tyson tweets at the table that did that did the first part in but he, yeah. he definitely yeah. implies yeah. that that was the reason he, he they couldn't convince her to begin with um yeah. so he goes in he interrupted twice to go, Dean, look at this. He, he shows this. him his phone, and it's the stupid <laughs> Santa Claus tweet. You're not going to believe this, man. Look at the math he did on this. Uh, <laughs> do you think, I don't know if you know this about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Have you ever looked up how many times Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about kissing himself in the mirror? <laughs> no. If you if you search his tweets, uh, he has a thing, and he repeats it like a couple of times a year, that uh, you can only kiss yourself on the lips if you're using a mirror. Um, and I guess, and he kind of says this like it's some big profound thing, but like, yeah, that's just how mirrors work, dog. Like, this isn't yeah. a fucking. What do you mean? Yeah, this isn't a, this isn't an insane clown posse song. Like, it's just. What do you mean? It's just a normal thing. But the fact that he has got like, I think at least a dozen tweets talking about this is really fucking weird to me. And I feel like also, if I take a photo of myself, I can kiss myself on the forehead, Neil. Yeah. That's the way that's the, that's the way photos Idiot. work, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter, Idiot. Um, but I feel like this is what that, that was the stuff that Sam was bringing up, like nudging Dean in the middle of the conversation, and being like, "Look, Dean, look at this mirror thing. You can only kiss yourself on the lips in the mirror." And Dean's like, "What are you doing, man? Go sit in the Apollo. Like, Why? Who are you? Please wait in the car. Please go drink some demon blood and get interesting. Jesus. Yeah. Please remember you were you were yoked and drinking demon blood. What the fuck happened? What happened to, you, to Chief? Chief I, look, I know we I know we killed all of the hunters that you were chief over mm. i know all of them died but like go find some more dog <laughs> why are you go here? find some more come on dog uh, get your driver's license <clears throat> sam dean sits down uh and amara says you know i don't and he's like no 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 stop uh i want to know uh when you brought my mother back to me why you did that did you want to show me you said you wanted to show me something did you want to teach me something and he questions like whether or not she realizes what happened at the end of her quote unquote experiment. Obviously that, you know, his mother is dead now. Uh, Amara says that she wanted two things from that. Uh, and I love this. I love this whole thing. Uh, because it's really good. I feel like this is what we as monster of the week, like agreed that we wanted to happen. <laughs> so it was so, I don't, I know it's so dumb, mm -hmm. but it's so justifying to feel, to have the, like the, a fucking cosmic being be like no jeremy you were absolutely right in all of your thoughts and feelings on bringing mary winchester back <laughs> um but she says you know she wanted dean to see his mother as not as just a person and not the myth that he held on to since childhood she wanted to mm -hmm. wanted him to see that the real complicated mary winchester was better than his childhood fantasy 
and that and I love I love 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 this line and that the now is always better than the then um that you the things that you have in front of you are always better than the memories that you have of them um I I really really love that line I think it's a really yeah really really cool line um and she says that she wanted him to finally like start to accept his life as a person uh Jensen Ackles is amazing in this like you could see you could see his eyes water just a little bit. Um, and he doesn't mm-hmm. cry, but he just kind of looks away a little bit. He's like, and the, what was the second thing? Um, and she says, I thought that having her back would release you, would put your fire out, your anger. But I guess we, we both know I failed at that. And I felt like I had a handle on where this scene was going. I felt like this would be a, a moment of release for Dean of like, he's, she's finally breaking through the shell and like this, it's something mm-hmm. is just going to come pouring out. Um, and instead, no, <laughs> he leans over and says, you're goddamn right. <laughs> I yeah. still have that anger. This was a hell of a moment for me, Chris. This like, I mean, I'm not going to say it redeems an mo- episode with a hate crime in it, but it, it's the reason that I came out of this episode liking it. Yeah. This stuff is, is better. This and the Castiel scene are better than anything else in the 40 minutes before it. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, um, he says, and then it's just ahead. it's just weird. Oh yeah, well, go go on, go on, go on. But he says that you know you're just another cosmic dick playing a game. Um, he's and he's not angry. He's furious because all of his life he now realizes was he's just a hamster stuck in a wheel, all because of Chuck. Um, and he he even questions like you know it's not just me that's stuck in it's everybody. It's you. It's like and you really think that Chuck cares about you now? Who's living in a dream world? Uh, and mm-hmm there's this moment where you can see her kind of like doubt this relationship that she has with Chuck. And she says, can I trust you? And he absolutely lies and says, I, I would never hurt you. Um, he looks unblinkingly oh, dude, in her eyes fucking, and lies. Dude, Jensen Ackles. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Like I can't, I cannot, I, I just, I can't get over how good this scene is. Um, and she's, she's relatively hesitant, but then eventually she says, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow, he's just—he's got to own this lie. He has to dig deep into it and just—I think, like you said, he—you know—he gets that moment of emotion and then pushes it away because he's like, "That is not the mission right now. I can't let her like reach my heart right now. I have to keep this fiery wall of anger up." And when she brings up that anger, it's like that's when he conjures it up. Um, he draws that up as a shield because he knows he has to keep pushing this he knows they still have to trap and kill her um and maybe you know the lie isn't a lie because he thinks that he's not going to be the one that has to kill her it's going to be jack so he's just saying i would never hurt you um but yeah this is you know this is dark this is really good he's digging deep into those emotions but yeah it's it's not going to end well i also think that you know we talked about castiel's speech being a reflection on his entire journey um and this is almost heartbreaking if you take it into context of like what Dean Dean's journey has been over the last few years of dealing with this anger, um, having to let it go, having to embrace it. Um, but really never actually letting it go. Just, you know, pushing it down to get a job done, pushing it down to get a job done, allowing it to lash out at his family and his friends and his loved ones around him. Um, even allowing it to push, you know, Castiel away for a while, allowing it to, lash out at Jack and almost kill him. Um, and here we are again, repeating the cycle. Uh, like, I feel like even at this moment where he's actively planning Chuck's demise, if Chuck was watching this, he'd think it's the best thing that he's ever done. Where Dean oh, absolutely. Is, is, absolutely. is just pushing it down, pushing it down. And then 
grabbing some of it and using it to do the job, to do the mission, which is what he's been doing since he was fucking, you know, five years old. Four years old. old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like just always, always, you know, mission first, Dean second, um, which is a very sad way to live. And I, it's heartbreaking to think that he's having to do that even now. So, yeah. And then after all that, we just snap back to whatever the hell else is going on in this episode. So we go back to the community center. um, Uh, Sylvia is hanging out with the other teen. Um, The other teen is like posting on social media about this crazy murder situation. Uh, Sylvia doesn't like that. So she pulls out a knife and stabs her. Um, She just kills her right fucking there. Yeah, uh, obviously or attempts re- to kill her, revealing that Sylvia is 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 the, is the big bad of the episode. Um, the pastor finds her. Jack and Castiel show up. Uh, he tells the pastor runs off um, towards a sh- towards a shed. Jack follows. Uh, when the pastor arrives, he finds Valerie. Of course, you know there, um, and then Sylvia, who for all the world looked like a five foot two, you know, 120 pound teenage girl, uh, grabs the Dr. Sexy from behind and holds a knife to his neck. Um, and then he looked, I don't know exactly how tall, but like not five foot two. (laughs) It's so dumb, Chris. Like, it's just so dumb. It's very, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense at all. Um, it would almost make more sense if she, I don't know if she was a monster and she became this religious zealot because she felt unclean or impure. You know, yep. we've done all that stuff, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, um, you know what else would have made sense? Lashing out at other people. If mm-hmm. he if he rushed in the room in a hurry to find his daughter and to try to figure out what's going on and stepped into a bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey. I mean, just anything but this tiny girl like subduing this this grown man with no supernatural powers whatsoever. Like, it just doesn't. It's so fucking stupid. Um, but. Uh, we find out that she's super mad because uh, he changed everything about the church after the mom died. She kind of blames the mom's death on him. Um, we don't get a lot of information as to why that is before uh, Jack arrives. Um, she throws down the pastor and stabs Jack, which obviously like doesn't have anything. It just glows yellow for a little bit and then seals. Um, and then Castiel arrives and uh, Iron Rod Castiel, Chris, just slaps this knife out oh, of her yeah, hand. And, like, I wrote the same fucking thing. Iron Rod Castiel shows up. <laughs> slaps the knife out uh, out of her hand, grabs her, puts her to sleep, uh, and then, you know, just, <laughs> just walks up. Just gold stunner. Like. <laughs> knocks the fucking contraption off of Valerie's hand out of the way, uh, and then heals her right in front of the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. The Castiel swing is big in this. Did we talk about Jack getting stabbed in the heart? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it just happens, and then it just like it just seals itself. It just up. happens, and then it yeah. doesn't. But she goes, "Wait, what are you?" And then she's like, <laughs> throwing the back of the of the squad car. <laughs> nothing, nothing happens because of it. Uh, and then, yeah, and then later, it's just like cuts to Castiel explaining that I'm an angel. Uh, that Sylvia gets arrested, and then the driver of the cop car is the Crossroads demon for some reason. It's so ridiculous. Um, and then the pastor decides, I'm going to focus my life on repairing my relationship with my daughter and helping her out while she's in prison. Um, Does he know his daughter's homophobic? I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, because, I mean, he said he, he hasn't spent much time with her. Um, so I really, I just, I don't, Chris, I have no fucking clue. I really don't. Um, I really don't know what's going on here. Um, anyway, and it doesn't matter to Castiel and Jack driving home. Yes. Uh, so we can get a little bit of a conversation going on. Um, you know, 
Castiel starts asking about this burden that, that Jack is carrying, everything that's been going on with Billy and, you know, the mission that they have. Um, and this is where Jack reveals, and it doesn't even feel like a very dramatic scene, but he reveals that he's actually been lying. Um, he isn't just going to, to kill God. He's being turned into a time bomb, essentially. Everything that Billy is doing is, is turning Jack into a, a bomb powerful enough to, to kill God. Uh, and he's going to die himself in the explosion. Bummer. Yeah, huge bummer. Huge L huge, for the boys here. Huge L for the boys, for Team Free Will. Uh, he tells uh, Castiel not to tell Sam and Dean and says yeah. that, uh, I know this is the only way they'll ever forgive me, which, um, you know, we talk about the Winchesters being, Cass- excuse me, the Winchesters and Castiel being Jack's father. And boy, has he taken this lesson to heart. Like, hide some secrets and try to get forgiveness without actually talking about any of the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only way, to, only way to get forgiveness is to sacrifice yourself. It's the only way to undo your wrongs. Classic um, Winchester behavior. Um, we see them do this a lot. It usually fails. Um, I, I don't know. I can't okay. remember a single time that it's really worked out for the better. I mean, if, unless you take take the idea of like everything that we have has made us who we are right now, and that's better than any of the alternatives. But I don't think they have that kind of life. <laughs> like, no, I feel like there's no. alternate versions out there where they they're having a better time. Um, mm-hmm. Castiel says no. I watched you die once. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, Jack puts his hand on his shoulder and says it's not your choice. Uh, and then we cut over to the bunker where. Uh, Dean in his robe, very domestic Dean. I love domestic Dean. Uh, finds his bottle, his bottle of booze, and takes a shot when Castiel shows up uh, in the room, and he's about to leave. Uh, and Castiel says that they arrived late, didn't want to wake anybody up. Dean says he wasn't sleeping anyway, which classic Dean behavior. Um, and he's like, "Where are you? Where are you going?" Uh, and he tells Dean, "I'm going to look uh, for another way." Uh, and then comes kind of close to him and says. Uh, in case something goes wrong and I don't make it back, there's something that you and Sam need to know. And then we immediately cut to credits. Um, and then we come back and he says, uh, Blade 3 is the worst Blade movie. And that goes right back to credits yeah. again. So, yeah, weird, yeah. <laughs> weird little post credit singer. I guess they've been watching the MCU, so they wanted to kind of get into some of that action. But yeah, um, weird. I don't, Very weird. Very weird. Uh, Chris, we're, I feel like, remember when we started the, this podcast? Uh, 263 episodes ago, uh, and, and 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 counting, and plus, we were we were joking about keeping like a secret spreadsheet. Um, I don't know if we're gonna be keeping secrets. I don't know if Castiel is gonna actually like spill the beans or whatever. But uh, can't believe we're bringing back secrets in season 15. Cannot believe we are bringing bringing back secrets again. It's you, you mentioned domestic Dean. It feels like we are way too late in the game for anybody to be chilling in a bathroom. Um, I don't care what the circumstances are. Um, the bunker should have been eliminated at this point. Not that I don't want them to have a home, but I don't want them to have a home. You know, yeah. I want the tension to be there. I want to finish an episode and go, "Holy fucking shit!" I have to watch the next episode right now because I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, they don't they don't take those big risks anymore. It seems like so. I'm hoping that they're still going to impress us with some uh some tension in the next few episodes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't either, and it's uh it's it's hard to know what they're going to do. Like I keep thinking every, every time that we've been in an episode and I'm like, all right, finally forward momentum. It's been followed by what I felt like is two steps back of just, uh, you know, the wood nymph episode. And now this episode where we deal more with a good episodes, but they aren't serving the season. Yeah. Um, I, I, and again, we're it's season 15, episode 15 and we're doing a saw send up. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, I'm very confused. <laughs> I'm very confused. And the moments, and this is the thing that I, I love about Supernatural, uh, and this is something that uh, doing the podcast and being even tangently, like, even just, like, observing the fandom has taught me is, you know, they're really pulling out the moments that are great and that are meaningful and then applying that to the the canon of the show, I think is really, really useful for like surviving these episodes, right? Like I feel like you can watch this with not necessarily blinders on, but you can just kind of ignore all of these other parts in favor of just pulling these great moments between uh, Castiel and Jack and between Dean and Amara. Um, was there another guy that was in this? Like a tall dude? No, it was just them. It was just them? No, okay. No. I, keep, I keep getting that mixed up there. I thought there was like Dr. A, Sexy came back, but... Um, was it a scar or something? No, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-mm, but mm-mm. I, I feel like they're like... that. But I don't want that right now, I guess is my point. is I mm-hmm. I want it mm-hmm. to be firing on all five cylinders. I want this thing to be going. I want this thing to be gone at this point. Like, I just want this to be rolling down the, down the road. Uh, to, And we're not getting that, and it's really frustrating. I, I don't know what it would look like. I don't know what a different supernatural would look like. It's been like this for so many years that it does feel like this is the only way to keep going. But again, I hope they impress us. I really hope they impress us. Um, that's all my thoughts. Uh, I think that for as much as we complained about this episode, I feel like uh, there's still really a lot to love about it. Season 15 has been really good. Yeah. Overall, it's a been, lot, it's a been lot good. of really solid episodes. I feel like I will appreciate it more on a second rewatch, uh, which I won't do for years, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's going to be a time where I rewatch Supernatural for funsies and not for conversation yeah. or for not for like podcast purposes. And I will enjoy like living in the series a little bit more than I, I think so too. I, I think, I, I think we'll both probably have that, that same experience. Yeah. Um, rewatching Supernatural, finding those small moments was always my favorite, but first time watch through season 15 where you're expecting big things. Um, it's, you know, it's left, left me a little disappointed. But that being said, you put any one of these episodes in any other season, or if we just move forward with the knowledge that there was a season 16 down the road, um, it would feel like this is, this is great. It's just supernatural. You know, it's really solid, not r- rarely missing, um, just like good, good old-fashioned supernatural. Yeah. Um, but knowing what we do know, it, it kind of leaves you feeling a little, uh, a little weird. A little weird about it. Uh, thank you to all of our friends on the internet for listening to the show. Uh, shout outs to our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We really appreciate you guys. Um, can't tell you how much we thank you enough. Thank you to everybody on the discord that's been chatting with us and talking with us. Uh, we social media continues to be a lot of fun uh, on Twitter and TikToks and all of the other various places. Um, I saw that Tumblr banned a bunch of stuff again. Like they, they banned the word girl as a tag. <laughs> To stay, to stay on the Apple store. Like I've seen a bunch of stuff about there. So we have a Tumblr. Did they ban girl boss? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to last. Like we don't really use tags very much over there, but like, I, I don't know what will happen over there. Um, but thank you for everybody that's, um, talking to us and chatting with us. We, we really, really appreciate it. Will we be back, uh, in another week with a flashback to a young Sam and Dean. So great. <laughs> Going movie number four. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm, I'm not kidding. Is this a joke? <laughs> Is this a joke, Jeremy? Bye, everybody. We'll be back. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Sir, I didn't know you were in here. Yep. This is where I belong. It's the only place I live. This is... Wow. Hmm. Wow. Uh, kind of deep. If I'm not here, then do I really exist? That's what I keep asking myself. That's why you're still saved as maybe Jeremy Greer of my phone. <laughs> what if the Jeremy Greer persona was all a myth? What you just watched The Matrix, didn't you? <laughs> what if nothing is real, Chris? Uh-huh. What if this? Per- uh, what if this persona, this this existence that we're in, is not real, and there's another world layered over it that we can't see or feel or touch, but we know it's uh, there because we know this uh, world is wrong. What if? <laughs> I I I mean. That would be that be did you, so. Did you watch The Matrix? <laughs> also, uh, what do you think about my dope leather trench coat and my new sunglasses? <laughs> I noticed that you're looking pretty slick. Thought you're I'm looking, looking pretty, pretty good. I have also put gel in my hair, and now it's super spiky, and the tips are blue. So don't you let were this... big. You were big into The Matrix back in the day, right? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> were you tempted by the fashion? I feel like you didn't own a leather trench coat, but were you tempted to own one? Not at all. Not at all. Like I knew um, as as soon as I saw that movie, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that I, I would ever be able to pull off any of this." Like the idea. Mm-hmm. So the, I just want to clarify: uh-huh. it's not that you're saying no way. I would never do that. It's just in your heart, you feel like you can't. It's not that you don't want to. It's that you feel like you can't. I, also, kind of just didn't want to. <laughs> like, I knew my limits. Like, I know what happens. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> we all we all have our limits. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, and as soon as you saw on the internet of, like, dudes showing up to Matrix 2 premieres with sunglasses and the trench coats mm-hmm. calling themselves operators or whatever, you're like, oh, I definitely don't want to be any of those guys. Like, yeah. that's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not, I'm not into that at all. So, no, the fashion. I See, I always say that, and I feel like we sorry i'm moving my mic um i feel like you know we're always like yeah i'm glad i'm not that person but you know what i bet that guy liked that movie had a great fucking night maybe i wish i was that person maybe i I wish i could let go and just pretend to be that guy if you were the type of dude to dress up like a character from the matrix and you go see matrix 2 expecting more of matrix 1 and you just get matrix 2 I don't know. <laughs> like maybe you come out of that movie not having a great time. <laughs> like maybe you're like True. Hmm. I mean I don't think I've seen The Matrix since maybe middle school. I um, like right when that third one came out, mm-hmm. I watched I'd seen the first one and then another friend was like, Oh, did you see you know, Matrix whatever it is? I said, No, I haven't. And then he made me come over and we watched all three movies. Um and I don't think I've seen them since. I watched um so the the four K HDR edition of Matrix came out. Um, and it's kind of a tradition in my house. So, so much so that Autumn, like anytime she sees me watching the Matrix, she's like, did you, did you add speakers? Are you, are you, are you, are you you calibrating something? I'm like, I don't do it every time, but most of the time I do. Um, so I watched the first one and that movie, you can put that movie on right now and I would just stop and watch it. Like, I think that movie holds up extraordinarily well for its Mm -hmm. time and for the crazy CGI and stuff. I think even some of the like metaphysic con, you know, concepts and stuff really hold up. Um, and then there's Matrix 2 and 3, which I watched this week ahead of Matrix 4, uh, where it's it's not <laughs> it's not that. They're, those not are that. okay movies. Like, they're not terrible movies by any means. You just have to go in with the expectation, like, these are not the Matrix. They're just, like, some good sci-fi. Like, they're just weird sci-fi movies uh, with a lot of CGI kung fu stuff. And either you're on the hook for that or you're not. And... I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of on the hook for that stuff. I watched the, the two sequels, and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling this. This is pretty fucking good. Yeah, hey. Hey. Dig into it. It's We don't have anything, like, Matrix-flavored these days. 
Not really. No. Not that I can think of. No, not There's at no all. other big movies that are like that. I mean, I guess at the time there was really no other big movies like that. There's plenty of stuff that's, you know, whether it's cyberpunk or, or AI, horror, you know, there's plenty of stuff like that. Um, but nothing's really quite like The Matrix. There's nothing that's like equal parts, big budget and big ideas and uh, just fully commits itself in a way from like fashion to kung fu, like a sense of style that like I don't really think that exists. And really, if you really if you are desperately looking for other stuff like that, you have to go to the Wachowski sisters. You have to go back to like Speed Racer, mm-hmm. which I've never clicked with, or or Jupiter, anime, or, is... or or anime. Yeah, um, I may or may not have downloaded the Animatrix. <laughs> so just <laughs> just want to mention that out loud. <laughs> so can't wait just to watch, do that. Watch that. You can watch Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ghost in the Shell is another thing that I watched in middle school and didn't rewatch it again until I was in my 20s and was just like, oh, okay. So for years I've been talking about how I've seen Ghost in the Shell, how I think it's cool, but I had no fucking clue what that was about. Not even a, a tiny shred. And I probably was the same thing with The Matrix. I probably had no clue what was going on. And it probably didn't fucking matter. Like you were just having a great time. Like that's Mm-mm. the thing that I keep coming, like I'll always come back to is like you can watch this stuff. That's why I'm always like, a little off-putted, like, you shouldn't watch this as a child. Like, children are equal parts dumbasses and way smarter than you give them credit for. And, like, mm-hmm. me at 13 would grasp concepts and completely miss the point of a movie at the same time. <laughs> like Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, and I, you know, there's nothing that's necessarily like, oh, that's too adult for him. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I see, like, I know it's all fiction. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the big key thing. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll come back to something like, you know, I, I can't even, I always go back to Natural Born Killers as like the movie my mom did not want me to see. And I think I've mentioned that a couple of times on the podcast. And then when I watched it, I was just like, well, this is hilarious. Like, this is so over the top and violent and gory that it's to the point that it's just absurdity and then going back and watching that movie as a little bit more of an educated dude you're like oh this is horrifying this is horrifying satire of the modern blah blah yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 like and that's the thing it's like i think the horrifying nature of that stuff does certainly does not dawn on you as a kid and so it maybe doesn't like affect you in that same way because you're just um, and when it, there's there's a certain like age where you can watch a movie and be completely unfazed by it, and you watch like like you're saying you watch that movie a few years later, and you're like, oh, I've developed more of a conscience now. Holy shit! Yeah, exactly. Like you you you, you mature. Um, I don't think that the Matrix as a trilogy and like some of their high flying concepts, I don't think they land all that stuff. Um, and the fourth one seems to be just as interested as in dismissing the original trilogy as it is to as revisiting mm-hmm. it and justifying the fact that they did all that sequel work like all at the same time, which is which is weird. But I ended up really really liking it's the fourth one. So nice. I will say yeah, every every review I've seen is holy shit, this is incredible, or holy shit, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And, and you know, for me, it's 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 it comes back to that thing that you said, which is we just there's nothing else like this being made and like the first 40 minutes of that movie are, are such an incredibly cool mindfuck for people that are fans of the matrix movies that like you got to see it like my sister was like should i watch it like i don't know if i want to watch it and i'm like do you like the first movie she's like well yeah and i'm like well just fucking watch it like what do you do it what else are you doing yeah. with your time <laughs> yeah the, mo- the worst thing that happens is that you waste two hours or whatever it's yeah. not like yeah if you like the matrix watch the damn matrix 
just watch it. There's something else I watched this week. I've been watching a ton of shit this week. I have not played any video games. I have only been consuming media. You want to you want to know about Marvel Netflix? I can tell you about anything about Marvel What's Netflix. What's up with Marvel Netflix? That, so that that stuff is obviously still available to stream, right? Uh, oh yeah, they didn't yeah. take that away. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all on Netflix. Um, there's. Do you think like eight or has there been? Oh wow, has there been any, any resurrection of any of this on on Disney Plus, or did they just kind of like let those canon timelines die? So, um, boy, is it hard to answer that question while dodging some spoilers for, like, modern MCU stuff. Um, so, specifically on Disney+, Plus, uh, well, I guess there, there was that public thing that Kevin Feige said, that, that, that where Kevin Feige came out and said, if we cast Daredevil, it will be Charlie Cox, who was the guy that played Daredevil on the Netflix series. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think there's some... And, and Feige has always said, like we have access to the multiverse. Like any of these things can be possible. Uh, they could all be the same universe. They could be different universes. Like we might pull in some of those characters. We may not. Um, which is, I think is like more of a, it's a high flying comic book concept. And at the same time, it's a way like if we want to spend the legal work to get access to whatever rights we need for ghost rider, for example, we will, we will go mm-hmm. out and do that and bring Nicholas cage back in as ghost rider or whatever. Um, or if they don't want to do that, they don't have to because <laughs> it's the multiverse, baby. Everything's possible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, Did I see something with Norman Reedus playing the Ghost Rider or that's those been, names just trending together? That's been, the, that's been the rumor for the last like couple of days or so. Yeah. I told you on Christmas Day or no, Christmas Eve. Well, it doesn't matter. One of the others. Um, when I saw my dad, he told me that I looked like Daryl from The Walking Dead. You sure did. I was did. like, what the fuck, man? What? That guy like lives in the woods. <laughs> it's, uh, that was very funny to me. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I'm owned. I, uh, in my own home. Hey, but at least... I'm not going to say that. Um, I was going to make a pretty terrible dad joke, but... That's all right. Who right, uh, wants okay. to do that? Um, I haven't watched anything, I don't think. Um... God, have I played anything? What have I been doing? What have you been doing with your time, Chris? You were. <laughs> what have I been doing? I watched Supernatural. Did I tell you about that? No, not yet. Is that where we're still in the outtakes? You haven't told me about anything that? about Supernatural. Did you have a Merry what, Christmas? I, a, I know you spent it with your um, with your fiance, not your girlfriend, your fiance. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of there was a lot of um, a lot of worries. You know, a lot of uh oh, are we sick? A lot of um, just crazy, craziness happening. But you know, it was nice. Otherwise, other than the craziness, it was nice. How was yours? It was good. Um, we, we made food and then we ate food. Um, and then we, everybody kind of took a nap. Um, and then that was pretty much Christmas. We opened presents that day. I got some cool, some cool cool new kicks and some cool new threads. Um, Very nice. I got an Xbox elite wireless controller or whatever those things are called. Yeah. Um, and you want to talk about a gaming funk. I got that on Christmas was Saturday. We were recording this on a Tuesday. Have I, I I opened it, but I have not hooked it up opened to the it. Xbox yet. <laughs> not okay. Okay, that's all right. I held oh, it in my hand. You know what I played? I played um, I played uh, the Kingdom Two Crowns expansion, the Norse Lands uh, expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we both played that game a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it, just a new thing came out. It was like six bucks. I was like, you know what? I'll snag it. Get that shit. I'll snag it. Yeah. Um, and I beat it. I haven't. I never beat any of the other games i would always die and have to start over um and obviously it saves some of your progress it carries it over to the next generation or whatever but i could never quite like just manage to tackle it all before i would eventually quit um but this one it took me a really long time 
to you you know you upgrade your your walls and your defenses and stuff like that slowly mm-hmm. and then at a certain point you can't upgrade it anymore until you get like find the stonemason somewhere um and i feel like in all the other versions of the game you find that stonemason really early on in this one it's on the final island that you go to um and i didn't know that i kept dying before i'd get there so once i finally got to that final island got that stonemason from then on i just like i had been playing for so long i had so many resources that I just upgraded everything fully and then and beat all the bad guys. Then I won. A little bit of a balancing issue there, it seems to me. It does. It does feel that way. You could get, you know, Mjolnir, um, just like Sam Winchester. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of weapons in this one, which you don't normally have weapons in this game. You have little, you know, troops that that fight for you. Yeah. Um, but you could like summon an undead army to fight for you anywhere at any time, which is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, again, you could have Thor's hammer to summon down lightning to crush your enemies, which is cool. I love that. Um, whatever, Odin's horse, not going to try and pronounce that one, you, with, the, with the eight legs or the six legs, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. You get, that, you get that guy, he poops out fire, which is pretty dope. Um, just lots of cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Just in general, just a bunch of cool stuff is what I'm hearing. Yeah, pretty uh, epic, I think would be the word. Okay, okay. I like epic. I like epic stuff. Yeah. I really do. Epic. Huge fan of epic. Speaking of epic. The video game company. Did you watch Wheel of Time? Are you watching Wheel of Time? I, uh, we have not started it, so we wanted to wait till it was over with. We didn't want to watch it week to week. Um, and Autumn is off this week, so uh, we were probably going to... We've been binging Battlestar Galactica, um, mostly oh, wow. as a way because um, I've been off a little bit what you can tell by watching how much Marvel Netflix that I've watched in the last week. But um, Autumn has not been, and her job has been extremely stressful. So it was kind of a way like, hey, let's just watch something kind of in the background, uh, but something we both really want to watch and can talk about. Like not 100% background stuff, but like 50% background stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, medium background. Medium background. Uh, so we've binged a bunch of BSG, and now I think we're either tonight or tomorrow probably going to start Wheel of Time. I've heard today that they... Nice. Amazon said that they want to do uh, all 14 books. They want to adapt all 14 books into eight seasons of television. Um, Interesting. Which I don't know exactly what they've covered in the series or anything. Like I saw a couple of spoilers, but I'm not also not concerned about spoilers. and stuff all the book. I just don't care. Yeah, um, right, right. But I'll be curious how they adapt all that stuff to, to make it make sense. But I've really liked the idea of them saying up front, like you got eight seasons, you got, you know, six to eight episodes per season or whatever. Here's a bunch of money. Go, go make it happen. Because I feel like that's what, that's what failed game of Thrones in a lot of ways. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, them not number one, having too much money. <laughs> and then number two, trying to end it yeah. before they really had any idea what they were doing. Um, right. So I don't know. I'm excited. Have you started watching? Have you watched any of the big stuff? And, like, did you watch, you watched all the Witcher, right? No, I've only seen the first episode so far. And I feel so bad at um, my family's Christmas everybody's asking me have you seen the witcher um same thing at jess's her brother is like hey have you seen the witcher yet i'm getting texts from people i haven't talked to in a year and like hey what what do you think about witcher season two you are the witcher and everybody guy. i'm like sorry i've only seen the first episode i don't know why we just like we we watched the first episode the night that it came out we're like all right cool it's late we'll watch more tomorrow we just never did uh maybe maybe that's when we finished midnight mass i can't remember yeah because y'all, um, y'all did burn through that pretty quickly i feel like yeah we yeah <laughs> um and then every night since, it's just been like one thing after another. It's like, okay, we're not in the mood. We, you know, we can't focus right now. Um, you need, we a, just you need a medium we watch. We haven't watched it. You need a medium watch yeah. sometimes. You need a man. medium watch, which yeah. has been... Anime, um, I'm sure. Yeah, it's usually, it's usually just anime. <laughs> Throwing anime on the background. I, uh, I, could, I can only imagine Autumn's idea, or Autumn's reaction if I threw on anime in the background. Like, 
she was not super impressed with Cowboy Bebop. Like she was like, I don't, I don't really care about this. And so I, I very mm-hmm. much doubt like Naruto would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Speed. Yeah, don't, don't, don't know if that because you know Cowboy Bebop is like well directed. Yeah, and edited. it's got, um, it's got some work behind it. <laughs> and most like of the big Shonen stuff, especially the old stuff, um, they're just like, all right, we gotta get these episodes out every single week. We have to finish an episode, and we can't catch up to the manga because if we catch up to the manga. Then we got to make up our own shit. We, yeah. Okay, so the part I'm at in Bleach right now, the characters have gone to this place called Hueco Mundo. It's like another world where demons live, essentially. Um, and they're battling to save their friend, right? It's just like, it's a different dimension. They're all in it. Huge uh, fight with one of the main villains just, just went down. Uh, main character comes out victorious, but he's beaten up. We don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, we start the next episode, and it's just like, Nope, it's not about that anymore. They're back in high school, just going. To, I'm like, what do you mean? It's just a filler arc. It's a 30 episode filler arc. I'm like, they, and they're not even trying to. They're not even like, oh, you made it home for, because you had to do schoolwork or something. There's no excuse. They just said, we're just doing this. We're just, we're, we're gotta, just doing we're this. Just commit. Take it yeah. or leave it. We, uh, <laughs> which I guess I kind of respect, but I'm like, what the fuck? There's an episode of Battlestar Galactica in the third season where, um, you. you I don't know if you know, like Battlestar Galactica was such a, like a weird cultural thing when it came out. Like ev- I've seen, everybody uh, I've seen talking. the first season. Yeah, everybody was like, it was like a weird thing. Like people were saying frack in real life, like a fucking dumbasses. Like people it was, were saying frack in real life. I know, dude. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, but by the third season, uh, it's a similar thing happens to that show that happens to Supernatural, which is oh, we want twenty episodes. Um, and by episode oh, like yeah. eight, nine, and ten, you're they're like. How about an episode where the admiral holds a boxing tournament for everybody? And you're like, okay, <laughs> we're not worried about what the Cylons are doing about finding Earth, yeah. about what to do with the baby hybrid. We're not okay. We're just gonna box for an episode. Um, yeah, and See, then, I can deal with a one-off fun episode, but a thirty-episode arc with no explanation, I'm very confused. The uh, the so last night we got to the boxing episode. We were we were dreading it, um, and we're watching it for like thirty minutes. And the boxing episode is. There's a lot of like weird shouting. It's it's cut really weird because there's a lot of flashbacks to memories of things that had happened that we haven't seen. So it's just like just a lot of weird flashbacks. So it's really really horny. Characters are having sex or trying to have sex with each other all the time. Okay. And then it's okay. weirdly violent because it's a boxing and everyone's like, you hit him with the uppercut, Jimmy, and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, people yelling and betting. So it's just a it's a real loud in your face episode that has no forward plot movement whatsoever. And we get about 30 minutes into it, and I'm like, I'm going to pause it so I can grab a beer, and I pause it, and we realize that I have downloaded, uh, apparently on the Blu-rays, on specific episodes, they went back and released extended editions. Oh my god. So instead of the normal 45, I thought I had 15 minutes left in this episode, Chris. No, that episode was an hour and 10 minutes, like 70 minutes Holy of this. Shit. And I, Holy I looked, shit. me and Autumn looked at each other and Autumn was like, I do not want to watch this. Put on literally anything else and then we will we will <laughs> get this taste out of my mouth and then we will pick this show up tomorrow because I do not care about it. So Fair warning yeah, for those of you can't... out there trying to rewatch Battlestar Galactica. <clears throat> Have you seen that Portlandia sketch where they... Watch Battlestar Galactica for two weeks straight. No, I don't. I haven't. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just yeah, you know, Google Portlandia Battlestar Galactica. Pop right up. Yeah, I yeah. like those. I like those folks a whole lot. I uh, I never. This guy shows a real hit or miss for me, man. Sometimes I like I I can mm-hmm. I can stick with them, but a lot of times I'm just like I just want the funniest sketches. <laughs> like give me the highlight reel yeah. or whatever. I went through a really weird phase where, I guess it was uh, I don't know, 2013 ish. 
where I'd go out to bars or go out to parties, whatever. When I'd get home, I'd put on Portlandia uh, on Netflix. And just that's like, I'd eat a slice of pizza, kind of drunk. Sure. Yeah. And watch Portlandia. So for the, fir- the first like three or four seasons, I'd seen a million times. And then there was like five more that I had never seen. Uh, Jess and I watched them all over again over the course of the summer and then they removed them all from netflix so i was like okay i guess we'll never do that again me and my friends used to come back drunk and drunk watch either uh family guy which in, in hindsight is i mean this granted everybody this watched family two, guy 2002 right so like spare some spare some love for idiot mm-hmm. 22 year old jeremy uh it's either that or arrested development we would go back and watch like five episodes of arrested development um, and if I was by myself, if I was, if I just got home by myself, uh, and I wanted to keep the party going, I would just make a rum and coke and watch The Sopranos over and over and over again. <laughs> oh wow! And just fall asleep on the couch watching The Sopranos. So. Damn, healthy behavior Damn. is young twenty year olds. <laughs> Listen, we like to party. All right, what can we say? We do like to party, Chris. If there's one thing that I know about you and me, we like to party. We like to party. You want to talk about uh, partying and supernatural? Let's do the thing. Thank you. 